Hi, everyone, and welcome to Oh My God, I Can't, the podcast about everything and nothing at all. Well, hello, everyone. We've got him back, Tom. Tom, I'm so glad to see you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. How do you feel? Tired. I mean, you look good. A little tired, but you look good. Remember we talked about that? You look so tired. No, you look great. You look great. So glad to have you here. I mean, this is going to be a really great segment because you are here and you're going to bless us with one of my favorite, favorite Tom stories, E-V-E-R. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about teachers... And uh, now versus then, mm-hmm. and I know you have a lot to say about that because oh, yeah. I know your husband is in education. Yes, he is. And then you're going to tell everybody about the patron saint of cosmetics, one of my all-time favorite stories, so I uh, can't wait The Norma Ray of cosmetics. The Norma Ray of cosmetics. I okay. love it. So let's get started, shall we? Sure. Okay, so we talk about this a lot. I know when Craig's with us, we always talk about like how things are so different and the education system is just in a much different place. I think we've become much more evolved in terms of the things that are appropriate and the things that aren't appropriate in terms of maybe disciplining other people's children. Oh, right. Um, and how we would do it if we were able to, if it was a free-for-all, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but you wanted to tell a story about back back in your day. Well, first of all, I want you to tell, tell everybody why I, I love just the idea of teachers when we were younger, what teachers were like and what they're like now. Totally. Very different. Well, I mean, I think it was a lot more free-spirited back then. For sure. I mean, we talk about this all the time, and this actually went viral before viral was viral, meaning this was years and years ago. I told Tom this story about this teacher that I had. I'm not going to say his real name. I think he might have passed. He's dead. Um, Anyhow, we'll call him... (laughs) We're apparently alive. He's dead. We'll call him Mr. King. Okay. And Mr. King was my 11th grade English teacher, and he was... Um, I wouldn't say he was like the best teacher ever, and he certainly wasn't the most patient individual. But the funny thing was is that he was very ritualistic in what he would do. And he would walk into the classroom every single day. Because this was back when the kids would come into the classroom and then the teacher would come in after. I don't yeah. know if they do that anymore, I, do they? Uh, I don't think so. I think I the know. teacher has to be... I'm and, sure the teacher has to be there now. That, I know. That makes sense based on today's standards. But anyway, the kids would all be in there and he'd be out there smoking because he was a big smoker, which was cool. Too. In the hallway. I'm sure. Basically. And he would walk in, and the first thing out of his mouth was, quiet! Quiet! (laughs) Every day. Quiet. Quiet. So we went to lunch one day, and I was just telling you that story. We were sort of like uh, reminiscing about some shit that had nothing. I mean, we were talking about absolutely nothing. And I just kind of, I was thinking about Mr. King that day, fondly. And I was talking about how he had let, he had actually not a big impact on my life, but that made an impact on my life, and I shared that with you. And then you sort of made it a th- made it a thing. Oh, absolutely! Because I went to Europe of, uh, on, of, during Fashion Week, and I was talking about it the whole time. I was like telling all my <laughs> colleagues, like, "Oh my God, this best story about this teacher that would come in and say quiet at the beginning of the class." And so we started doing it backstage when people were trying to <laughs> listen to something. We'd be like, "Quiet, quiet, 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 quiet," and would go. And then, like, the old Italian ladies that were working backstage would be like, quiet! <laughs> so it, it followed us everywhere for a while. Oh, I'd love to think that he'd really, he'd, he'd be flattered by that. I'm That'd sure. be really awesome I'm sure if he, he would was. Be. Yeah. Anyway, quiet! 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 Wherever he is now, dead. I mean, well, yeah. Mr. But King. Mr. King. So why is that? I mean, that was such a moment in time for us, wasn't it? Well, Where you could tell somebody's kid to essentially shut, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so different now. I mean, I, I also remember my favorite story when I was a kid. What teachers could do, you know, they could get away with a lot back Smacking then. Smacking you? Smacking you. Pulling, I didn't have that. You're pulling your hair. Well, I went oh, to Catholic cool. school. Oh, so, you deserve that. Okay. Oh, yeah. You could. Kids got slapped all the time. I'll never forget Francis Stubbs. Oh, 
Oh, well, he's God. out there somewhere. <laughs> so you used to have to go up to Sister Lawrence and bring your book up to show that you'd done the homework. And she would be able to Why look at it. Why don't you just it. turn it in like regular people? Now, you would have to bring it up to her desk and put it in front of her and show her. And she would say, okay, and you'd go back to your desk. So Francis Stubbs went up and he was like three feet from her desk like, Sister, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't do the homework today. So it was all quiet. She's like, I'm sorry, dear. I'm, I'm hard of hearing. What did you say? And he's like... Leaning in, like, I, I didn't do the homework today. And she's like, uh, Francis, I'm hard of hearing. You're going to have to step up. You're going to have to come up closer. So literally, he's within, like, a foot of the desk. He's like, I didn't. And she grabs him by the tie and pulls him over the desk and starts screaming in his face, you need to do your homework, and smacks him in the face and then lets him. His feet were hanging off the floor. <laughs> he went back. Well, what he, is your point of that story? Are you on her side? Are you on no, his, Francis's I, side? Well, I gotta say, I think it's like, you know, some of these kids need to be smacked a little bit <laughs> and told, you better do your homework. God, talk about a moment. Can you imagine? No consequences anymore. And There's everyone's none. like, all these kids run out to the SUV. They're like, they're mean to me. And their parents are like, who's being mean to you? I'm like, let your kid you know, handle themselves. It's funny because we've talked about this before. And it, again, it's indicative of the times where I remember back in the day. Steph's got a kid. She should she's know. She's got a kid. I mean, she's, you better not be on the other side of this. I'm going to be pissed at you. But back in the day when if the school called you, oh. called your parents about something that you did. You better. You, well, you knew your parents were you going run to home. You better run home and to try, try to get, get the phone. To get your story straight. To get your story straight. Or try to get to the recorder to to the and phone. erase it before they hear it. Because you knew that your parents would take the side of the school. The teacher. Always. That's right. So the, the fear was if they, call the, if they call home and tell them what happened, my parents are going to believe whatever yes. it is that they say. Yes. So right. now it's flipped. And now oh. what? Now it's like the kid goes out to the, as soon as they get out to the SUV, they're like, this is what happened. The teacher's in there or the parents in there, you know, filing a lawsuit. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, do you think, but is, is, do you think it's unfair of us to just be, to just make that sort of blanket statement? Like, is there a moment where maybe there's a, there's a grain of truth to what the kid's saying and maybe teachers are? Of course. But I mean, you know, there can be a grain of truth to any of these things, but the point is it's like, learn how to respect authority, respect authority. You're going to have to deal with it sooner or later. Don't I you mean, think? yeah, I get, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, authority is a bunch of, it's, it's not, it doesn't really hold the power. I mean, that word itself doesn't really hold the power now that it did when we were kids where it was very different, you know? It's just, everything is handled so with kid gloves now and it's like, be we a talked about tougher. that a few weeks ago with the big yeah. lab where we talked about, you know, we call it outrage culture. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's been called where people are sitting around at home with bated breath just waiting for someone to say something that could even be mildly offensive so right. that they can be offended. Absolutely. And the argument, the argument that I had and that, that I presented was that I don't understand why we're waiting to be, to find something to be offended about when there's so many things that are happening that are just obviously offensive. Like Absolutely. there's a multitude of things that you can be outraged of about. Of course. Why are you looking for little things and, and, and trying to find the nuances and things that people say that you find offensive? Like it's just, so, it Waiting sounds like a full-time it. job to me. Like that's just yeah. some fucking exhausting Well, stuff. I think a lot of times people get in their head and I think we all do this to a degree. You get into your head about like, this is going to be a fight. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to ask for this raise and they're going to tell me, you know what? We don't have the money and I'm going to be like, do you know how hard I've worked? I've did this and I did that and you're going to go in and then you go in and you're like I really need a raise and they'll be like great so we can give you about we can do 3% right now you got nowhere because, to go right and then you're like oh okay well thanks and so you, that's how you're that, I mean that's your that's your take on I think people I think I think everyone has is ready for an argument I think people are expecting an argument and expecting to be told no 
And then when they get it, they're like, oh, that was easier than I thought. Okay, you know. So that's why you think that these kids are always talking back is because they've sort of been raised in this culture. Well, come on. You, it's like as soon as they start to whine, their parent hands them a pad, you know. That's so funny. Well, it's so it, it's true. It's true. I mean, that now is the, the – I think I've seen it with some of my friends where it's like, oh, wow, you can actually have a debate with your parents? Like, oh. when did this happen? Oh my where God. was I when this happened? I would have been a slapped. <laughs> I remember my dad yelling at me, calling me mouth one time and just smacking me the whole time. Oh my God, I mouth, love that. Mouth, mouth, mouth. <laughs> it was kind of like quiet, but my dad's version. What a pioneer he was. Completely. I love it. No, he, I mean, it's a different he time. He beat me into the man I am today. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, listen, I honestly, like, I love my parents and I feel like, I feel like without their guidance, I, of course I would have, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I would have been as hard a worker as I am. Yeah. I think I'm very reliable. I think you can count on me. And I think that has to do with the fact that my folks were always like, you know, do the right thing. Totally. You have to, you show up and you work hard. No one's going to be waiting around for you. No. And if you want to go somewhere, you know, it's all, that's up to you. Um, you know, I feel like everybody now wants to come into a company and be the CEO tomorrow. Yeah, totally. Which is, you know, it can happen, I guess, but it's like... How does about? it happen? Nowadays, it seems like it does. Otherwise, they're like, well, I'm going to threaten to quit. I'm going to leave. And then people are like, oh, we don't want to lose them. You know what? Why don't we make them the CEO? I uh, mean, I don't know. I, I think, yes, it does have something to do with like upbringing and parenting for sure. But I do think that it's also... I keep saying this. I feel like it's such a fucking broken record. It's a generational thing. And it's a generational thing in the sense that we are evolving from where we were and right. who we were. Sure. And now here we are, right? And we are now a generation of people where we're apologists, right? So mm -hmm. we are always waiting to say, I'm sorry. And guess what? When you say, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. No. But you say, I'm sorry anyway. Right. And we're waiting around to be offended, even yeah. if it wasn't intended to be offensive. And yes. even if it wasn't even intended for us, right? Right. We're just totally waiting to be outraged. Absolutely. So it's an element of that. And I think that that goes into child rearing too. And that's why I think a lot of times when you are dealing, I mean, I think like, like your husband, when he talks about like public education or, you know, what it means to deal, to have a conversation with a parent who comes in and hasn't even heard the side of the educator before they're taken up for their kid. The thing is for me too, is like, if I don't know, I like I, you're, entrusting these people with your children and essentially they're teaching them how to behave in society and how to be a better person in society in my opinion ideally yes ideally yes yeah and in most cases i think it is that and it's like you know again back to when we were kids our parents would have been like what did you do oh for sure you know what did and you I don't, say to that woman i don't <laughs> think i don't think it starts there anymore i think no. it starts the blame starts now with like what my kid is this way and what are you doing to them steph Yes. As a mom, what's your As feeling? As a mom, yeah. don't piss me off, Stephanie. Oh, God. Don't tell me your kid's homeschooled. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> no, he's in public school. Thank God. Okay, good. He's in a public okay. middle school. Wonderful. Um, no, but I do hear about, like, from the teachers, and I, I just, I told you a horrible story about the, what my husband and I were calling um, Lord of the Flies with the parents at the school, and yeah. um, an mm. incident that happened with a bus that showed up to take the kids to a sleepaway camp and it wasn't a nice enough bus for some of the parents. Oh. So well, have um, you, anyone seen the yellow bus that I drove uh, yeah. on when I was a kid? <laughs> Not well, a seatbelt in sight. Metal seats, hot burning metal seats. <laughs> My arm. Well, you learned not yeah, to put your arm awful. against the wall. I mean, okay? don't lean yeah. on it. it. I mean, it's awful. And luckily, it's not all of the kids. And I'm sure right. there are still sure. parents that are parenting their children and 
sticking up for their ki- their kids' parent or the teachers as well. But um, yeah, it's yeah. I see it a lot. Yeah. I've seen it a lot. Yeah, going into eighth grade, and I've seen nine years now of yes. parents acting horribly at school, and yeah. in turn, their children. I'll tell you though, if you're looking right. for something being to be outraged shits. about, how about not? How about being outraged about the fact that these people get paid nothing mm-hmm. to deal with all this shit? To deal too. with the parents. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, these are not people oh, yeah. that are making six figures. These are people that are barely getting by in a lot right. of instances. And the fact that they have to endure all of that, and they can't even make ends meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. They can't even hit your kid. They can't even. Well, you <laughs> I know, wasn't going they, there with them. I mean, I mean, there was a comedian who did a whole thing. She was like, these. These teachers are asking me to give them pencils. They're asking for pencils, and parents are complaining. They have this whole list of stuff that they... Mm-hmm. These teachers have to buy all that, most of that I supplies know. themselves. I know. It's awful. And people are like, oh, they want all these pencils. And she's like, you want pencils? She's like, I had my kids for three weeks in the summer. I wanted to kill them. <laughs> and this woman goes on to say, she's like, they have to take care of my kids for eight hours a day, and they can't even hit them. That's, I'll, I'll buy them a $2 box you of pencils. You can have a box. She was like, do you want a microwave? She was pulling a microwave off a shelf. It's so true. Right. There's yes. several times I've wanted to send a bottle of wine you to can. the teacher, but I didn't think it was a You can. You know what? Actually, I'm going to tell you a very funny story about the end of the year for Craig one time is that um, a parent, these parents gave him a bottle of wine with their son's picture on it <laughs> and said, that. we know that this is the cause of your drinking. <laughs> Have at it, which That's was amazing. genius. Fabulous people. Right? I, love I know. Mm-hmm. Everyone should do that. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's amazing. I'll, I'll give him those pencils and a bottle of wine. <laughs> With his picture on it, his yeah, portrait. I should. Well, yeah. I mean, the I think too. if there's anything that we can learn or extract from this conversation is that, and I think we can pull it back from the previous conversation about outrage culture, let's be outraged about the right things. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born angry, so I've been rehearsing for this my whole life. Okay, Tom, so you have to do it. You've told this story for years. This is like, you know how I have my break-in story, and that's the story that, you know, we all gather around the campfire, and I tell my <laughs> stupid story, and everybody laughs. We do. This is yours. We put you on have, a hockey mask. We do, you have the a star is born moment, too, and I love, love, love this story. We talk a lot about, like, working in the beauty industry and, like, all mm. the kind of crazy shit that happens. Um, so I'm going to have you bless us with this. Okay. So you're talking about the go F yourself Yeah, yeah I love her. Okay. Oh God! So I yeah. So I was a manager in cosmetics, and I was leaving that role to to move into a different role. Okay, you were being promoted. I was being promoted, correct? So so I really wasn't the manager anymore. A new manager was stepping in, but basically I was away for the weekend because I was training on this new job. And I guess what transpired was that (laughs) this young woman who was absolutely beautiful and absolutely talented and really great, but very hot tempered. Love her. Uh huh. Um, no, had a moment. Yeah, I know her too. Know She's her great. Well. Um, she had a moment with a customer. Basically, a customer came in and wanted to do makeup and just started like taking everything, like brushes and and you know product and like you know st- essentially doing like a whole makeup on a friend of hers, which sounds not such a big deal in today's standards, but back like 15, yeah, well, this is pre Sephora, right? 15 years ago, you'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, you didn't you know, just do that. These are our tools. You're just like walking in here and like grabbing, you know, brushes off. It's, it just, it was a little like strange. I guess this is before like the whole like self-shop. Open shop. concept. That's right. Open concept and self-shop culture right. was established. Right. Like you, if you wanted to try something, you, you need to, to ask for it and you need to assist. A brush would be given to you if you wanted to do it yourself. Excuse me. Or you would, um... You know, you would, you, someone would apply it to you. Totally. Very different time. 
So this woman was, you know, having a good time with her friend and they were playing with makeup and, you know, she, I guess she's a makeup artist herself. One of those. Right. And so the girl comes over and she's like, uh, you know, they're, I guess they're, they're, I, it's not feeling comfortable. Okay. Let's just say. So this young woman and her start having words about what's transpiring. And the woman is like, why don't you this or whatever, you know, like, why don't you mind your own business? And, <laughs> and so the girl tells her, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> So, uh, needless to say, needless to say, needless to say, a complaint was made, of course, and you know she wound up having to be let go. So, I had to come in. This is your favorite part of the I story: is that I had to come woman. in and, like, you know, sit down with her and tell her, "Sorry, but you know, it's not going to work out. We really love you, but that kind of doesn't fly in the customer service world. Totally, you, know? you can't just go tell people." Right. To so off. she was. She was there the next day or whatever it was. Say that was like on a, on a Wednesday. I think she came in Friday and I can, I, I'm walking through the department. Well, mind you, not to cut you off, but you know she took off after that and she went and told all her friends. Oh, she was I'm like, sure. oh, I'm going to get fucking fired. Right, Just right. Just told the city to go fuck right. herself. And I, and I was kind of out of the store at that point. A new manager was coming in, but I come walking into the store, my little briefcase. Wait, you know. but tell them about the old woman. I'm going to. Okay, that's that's so as I'm walking through the department, there's an old... Older woman who comes over to me, she's a seasoned woman that's worked in cosmetics for years. Gorgeous, like bubble hairstyle. Like love her. Totally, like in her smart little outfit, black outfit, comes walking over to me and stops me in the middle. She worked for Chanel. She's like, hold on, I know what you're here to do. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, you're here to fire that girl. And I said, Jackie, oh, whoops. <laughs> Jackie, calm down. I'm just, and she's like, you know what? I just have to say something. I just, you know what? I want to say something. I know you're here to fire that woman. And I agree that what she did was wrong. But when she told that woman to fuck off, she did it for every one of us in this department. Because we're treated like garbage. And I was like, you love that. I love that. You know why I love that? I love that for so many reasons. Because number one, I love that she really took up for that poor girl. Yes. At a moment where she probably needed a champion in her corner. Number totally. One. Number two, I love it because we all, anybody that is working cosmetics or grown up in the industry, we know that woman and we know her well. Every single department store across this country has that woman who has been at that counter since she was 20 years old and she's on her way to retirement and she's had it and she can no longer tolerate all of the bullshit that she has to endure day in and day out. Yep. And so she gets, oftentimes she gets sort of like, um, she gets a permission slip to act a certain way. Yes. So meaning that woman gets to kind of be a little bit rude to people and a little bit abrupt to people because she sort of earned her keep <laughs> after all of these years. Right. So that's why I love her so much because she's really paid her dues. You've met her many times. I know her and I know her yeah. well. And so she was like, wait, like she was like standing in front of me like I, like I couldn't get past her. Like, no, you're not going to get past me. I'm going to tell you this. She made her big statement and I laughed and I said, I, you know what, Jackie, I know, I know, but you can't do that. You know, you can't. Can't do that. With you a took customer. it too far. Just a little too far. Took it too mm -hmm. far. I went over after talking to Jackie, and I had to, you know, meet with the employee, and she knew, and you know, she and I had a big talk, and we, we kind of, you know, it was a moment where it was like, you can't do that, you know. Mm. And she's a sweet girl. I, she, it was her first job in cosmetics. Well, anyway, and she went last. on. <laughs> no, she went on to quite a successful career, uh, still doing makeup. Um, we see each other still because she's in the industry and I see yeah. her a lot. And I love her and it's funny. She's funny to me. But, you know, it, it sometimes you get pushed, you know, and, and people, some people don't have that tolerance. You know, they can't, 
they just can't take it, you know, and they and they they do blow up. It's a breaking point. You know who my favorite um, person who was pushed to the breaking point is, and I talked about him on many. I mean, people that are listening to this at home that know me and have heard me tell the story. This is like his name is Steven Slater, mm-hmm. and he was the flight attendant that worked on JetBlue. Oh, of course, <laughs> that to me is the quintessential. Right. Grabbed a beer and hit That's the right. and pressed the emergency right. exit and jumped down the slide. That is somebody who was po- pushed to the point. Wow. It was beyond breaking. Right. Like that had been building. Well, someone had like hit him years. in the head with a bag Correct. and all this. Correct. And I right. think she asked for like a clo- like a Clorox wipe or something that he was like, where have you ever fucking seen a Clorox wipe on a plane? Like, it was just like this thing that had been right. building and building and building and building. And this man had been pushed to the edge. Yes. And then he grabbed the intercom and he proceeded to curse out every single person on that plane. And then he detonated the emergency slide. And then he grabbed a beer and he slid down. Yep. And he popped a beer and went that right was down. It. That, that was it. That was it. So, but to me, that's like going out in a blaze of glory. Like that's that, like, but that's a real calculated. It's all I'm gonna get on the PA. Oh, he'd been, pa- he'd been grabbing the about beer that for, years, for years. Snap the beer, press the button, go, and then walk off into the sunset. Meanwhile, he was like tackled by security <laughs> on the. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> like, it didn't go out quite as well. No, he 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 also paid a hefty fine he after did. He that. He was sued. He was sued by the sued airline. Sued for like ten and, grand or yeah. something to like put that thing back in. You know what's so funny about that whole thing? It's actually not it's funny at all, but I do remember it was like within the time frame of that happening, I can't remember if it was like mm. six months or a year, he was interviewed by Barbara Walters. Really? Yep. And she, because it was such a huge story. Because She's was like, why so... did you deploy the well, but I mean, wide. the thing, essentially what she was asking was like, listen, like, this is a big deal. Like, you know, you lost your livelihood. You know, your name your is... Your livelihood? Mu- your name, your livelihood. Your name is mud in the industry that you've worked in for all of these years. Like, you're being sued by your former employer. Right. You know, and she said to him like... She's hey, like, would you ever work for JetBlue well, again? but what she said to him was... <laughs> Do you have any... You're missing all my W jokes, but you don't care. I get it. We all heard it. But her point was, she said to him, do you have any regrets? Regrets. Regrets. He took this pregnant pause and he said, no, I don't. Actually, no. Pregnant. (laughs) He took a pregnant pause. But I what love was it. so like, hilarious no. is that no. I mean, He's like, you know what my regret is, Barbara, that you weren't there. And I could have thrown this beer in your face before. <laughs> that could have been part of it for sure. Snatched, but... I would have snatched your wig, put it on, and then dumped. Then jumped. But that's, that's, being, that's being pushed to the edge. Wow. But my point is, is that this gentleman had spent years and years and years at the bar Customer with his service. friends telling that story. Like, you know what? One I'm day these fuckers this. are going to push me too far, and this is what I'm going to do. And he got to that point, and yes. he did it. They were like, yes, trabaja, reina, trabaja, work. Anyhow. Um, well, let's just put it this way. She deployed the button when she told the customer what she told the customer. She deployed that goddamn button. She did. She certainly did. I don't know, man. I think it just kind of boils down to the fact, when things like that happen when somebody snaps, even if they're in the wrong, because oftentimes they are because they, they're letting mm. shit pile up and then right. it gets to a point where they right. are pushed to a point where totally. they, you know what I mean? Like, Oh my God, of course. It's my mother vacuuming and then doing all this stuff and then me coming up, mom, mom, mom what? What do you want? It's like, so not even, it's not even about you at that point. It's like no. every, every bit of life's frustration on this woman's shoulders and right. then some kid's bugging her when she's in the middle of a task, right? That's, totally. It's really not even about you. Every time you've been hit, you see your father's <laughs> face in your mother's eyes. It's so true. But I mean, I, you know, the thing that's so interesting about this conversation and, you know, people being pushed to their edge oftentimes is that it's, you know, even if somebody is wrong and somebody is, um, you, you know that it's hard to take up for them, you almost feel like you have to. Oh my God. Oh, I'll, t- I'll finish this story with a really great moment that I had at the AT&T store. 
This is so funny. Oh, I love this one. You remember this I one? I love this one. This was an old woman comes in. It's in Beverly Hills. My friend has an appointment to go in and have his phone. It's not working. So he goes into this AT&T store, and I'm like, I'll go with you, whatever. We're going in. We're waiting. And, you know, the way they work it out is you get in a queue, you get a number, and then they take your number, and they, take, they talk to you. So this old, After they call your number. Right. Yeah. It's like you pull a number, like a butcher shop, right? Persnickety old lady in a <laughs> <Persnickety>. like <laughs> in like a, a juicy, green, juicy like suit, track suit, just walking around real mad, Circa waiting. Why do I have to hold one. this number? I have a lunch date to go to. Can I just leave my phone here? It's broken. It's all this thing. Ma'am, I'm sorry, you have to take a number. We, we need to know the specifics. I can write down, I could tell you the specifics right now. There's other customers waiting. It's Well, I just, you know, I need to go. I have a lunch appointment. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking at her, hair blown out. You know, Beverly Hills, over by the Beverly totally. Center. Just sitting there, and very loud, so everyone's hearing it. Everyone in the place making, is hearing it. Yeah, she's, she's making, making it a real yeah. thing. So then she's like, oh, I, I want, I'd like to see a manager. And I'm like, ma'am, the manager's right here. Ma'am, I'm sorry, that's just how we do it. We just take numbers. You know what? I, I'd like to write a complaint then to the corporate. And he's like, okay, I'll bring you over a form. He brings over a form. So she starts writing out on the form, but delivering her answers out loud for everyone in the room. So she's like, how did you find your service today? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, you know, so like just announcing everything. It was almost like a comedy sketch. So then I had had enough because these poor kids are all sitting there like, oh God. Biting their tongue. Listening to this old bitch. So finally I'm like, let me pipe up on this. I'm like, excuse me, (laughs) ma'am. She looks over at me like her head all shaking. I'm like, who can I write to to complain about you? (laughs) What? Who do I get to write to to complain about you? Sitting here listening to you complain. Well, the store like was beaming. Like there was the girl was like typing behind the <laughs> register, like smiling from ear to ear quietly. <laughs> you know, and it was one of those moments where it was that Norma Ray for somebody. It was you like took you up. Know, I took up for these people. The patron because I saint. Thought, well, I just thought like how many times you've been there where someone's nasty at a grocery store in the line, and I've I've done it before. Like you're obviously in a hurry. Why don't you go ahead of all yeah. of us? You know, um, it's kind of fun. My goodness, that's the end of it. What a great conversation. So great. God, we took it way back, didn't we? We did. We certainly did. I always do. You do, because you're kind of that person. You're old. (laughs) You take it back. Anyway, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. We had such a great conversation, such a great time. For those of you at home, don't forget to follow us on social media at OMG I Can't Podcast, and make sure to listen and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And lastly, tell your friends. (laughs) 